0: Hello and welcome to episode number 82 of the Audio Podcast with the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you this morning, brother? I'm good. I'm feeling a bit um, cheeky this morning. You're feeling a bit cheeky? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Just had... some oh, do you want to close that door? Yeah. I just want to... Ha- I had a little bit of mark, market fun. Yep. Uh, I am reading all reports that the US stock market is going to take a massive hit, so mm-hmm. I have some US stocks, which I've sold at five times their value, which is always Nice. Nice. And then the idea being, okay, now I need to get that money working for me. What can I do with that? So find something that's in peak fear. Mm-hmm. So I just bought a stock that you currently own. Mm-hmm. You've owned since for how
0: long? About 12 months.
1: So you, you bought them 12 months ago at what what price?
0: Uh, roughly $10 a share.
1: Okay, and I just bought them at $2.18? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's why uh, when it comes to the investing talk, you listen to Alex. Yeah. Not me. Buy in peak
1: fear. So when when when... Uh, now, to be fair, I sold in fear mm. of the US one, but I'd made a massive
0: gain five yeah. times you're always happy with. Yeah, and that's the biggest key out of it too, is that I'm not selling my mm. stocks because you only lose when you sell or yeah. if the company goes bust. I don't think the company's going to go bust. No. I do think it's one that, obviously, you've got a very, very good value what you purchase it for today mm. because I think it's one of those sort of companies that once the... Pandemic's over, the restrictions go away, and the economy starts revving up, it's something that's going to come back pretty strong.
1: Zip pay if you want to pump it up. Zip Mm. pay. If you you want to load up stacks into it, and we can do a pump and dump. You guys pump it, I'll dump it.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll dump it when I get out for what I paid for it. (laughs) If it goes to what you paid for it, I'll
1: be very happy. Yeah,
0: (laughs) absolutely. Um, So for me, uh, T minus less than 24 hours, Mm -hmm. and I'll be a father of two. Yeah. So we've, we got the phone call from the hospital this morning. Uh, we are booked in. We don't know what, exactly what time yet, but booked in for tomorrow to pull the little fella out. Wow. So uh, yeah, family of four to come in 24 hours' time. Everywhere you live, everywhere you... Is it Full House? <laughs> Is it? I can't even remember the Full House theme so yeah. That's going back a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so very excited. Uh, I told Amanda this morning, I was like, you need to start an Instagram account. And call it my fitness journey, and sell programs on how to lose fifteen kilos in twenty four hours. Take photos today, and then just post up the photos tomorrow with your diet.
1: Instant results. Yeah,
0: instant results.
1: Just push a baby out of you. That's right. Kick on. Yeah, Eat. just like everything.
0: If you if you bring stuff up to like a high level or a low level, and then you drop it overnight, it looks like you've done really yeah. well.
1: I love those. I love those um, fitness shots. Like. Uh, this is me six months ago big fat white guy mm, and then yeah. six months later ripped black guy
0: yeah which with the amount of body orientation that we're able to do these days it is achievable
1: oh yeah yeah, it's not that far in the metaverse you can do it
0: <laughs> although in the metaverse don't you not have legs
1: yeah there's no legs in the metaverse no leg day
0: in the metaverse that's actually probably a really good thing for for gym bros that hate leg day just do your lifting in the metaverse you don't need to have <laughs> legs in the metaverse don't get us. Yeah, no it's going to suck. So yeah, 24 hours time, uh, going to be, be a or or two. Uh, fingers crossed everything is looking good when he comes out, because obviously we've had some complications, so uh, the stress levels have definitely been high this week. Uh, Amanda's very much looking forward to dropping the weight and starting to feel like a normal person. Like a human being again. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that too, because it's. I just know how hard it is for her. Uh, every time she's been pregnant. So, yeah, very much looking forward to the next chapter beginning tomorrow. It's Very exciting stuff. Hmm. Very exciting stuff. So, we want to get into some things today that uh, sort of mirroring some of the subjects that we've spoken about a lot. Uh, one of the things that you wanted to bring up was censorship.
1: Yeah. So, we had a little bit of a uh, a bit of a scare two nights ago. Uh, I was sitting having dinner and I got a text message from a mate of mine saying, Hey, Joe Bregman's podcast is gone. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well, he tried to call me, but I bounced him. And then uh, between mouthfuls, I thought, well, let me have a look. So I went on to Spotify, mm-hmm. which I hate, and it was there. Like, okay, click on it, could not be found. Yep. Then tried to go and search for the channel,
0: gone. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually real.
0: And obviously there's been a lot of noise around Joe Rogan in the news space, yeah. For the last month or so yeah
1: obviously they're trying to take him down the um, uh, corporate media it's his big they he, Joe Rogan is the biggest threat to corporate media that's probably ever been yeah so they're doing whatever they can to to throw uh, like throw him out I had to like tech radar I had to I stopped following because I had this obscene page just talking about how like how bad Joe Rogan is yeah. I'm like you obviously even never watched any of it that's Anyway, fine. that's besides the point but what what made me they got me thinking, and we all jumped on the phone. We spoke to each other because I'm not, at the time, I was not surprised. Sorry, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't alarmed mm-hmm. that Joe Rogan would be off Spotify at some point. It's going to happen. Yeah, and so much so that we actually did an emergency press conference, which we didn't bother airing because half an hour later it was all back up. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was just a little glitch in the, in the system, mm-hmm. apparently. Apparently. And and it's it's back. But it made me think, what does the future of podcasting in particular look like mm-hmm. in a post Rogan on Spotify world mm-hmm. I can't wait for that day, yeah, I think that's a good thing for the world. a I don't really like Joe Rogan's ads Athletic greens, you know, I have this this is, oh, I hate the ads
0: yeah, and i I wonder if. I wonder if that was part of the deal when he first went to Spotify totally. or if it was added in, because what I feel like, and maybe you guys can let us know if you guys follow Joe Rogan, uh, all the Joe Rogan experience. I feel like he didn't, those ads didn't begin straight away when he was on Spotify. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I noticed them, I, again, don't know what the length of time was, but there was a period of time after he moved to Spotify and then all of a sudden he started doing ad reads a little while later. And I just wonder if it's something where they signed this massive deal with him, they've outlaid all this money, maybe he wasn't getting the return on investment straight away that they thought he was, and they went to him and said, hey ma'am, we need your help because we've given you all this dough, we're not, we're, we're not getting the return on investment we need, can you do a couple of ad reads for us? I don't know. Who knows, whatever the deal is. You'd assume but... it was part of the contract at the beginning.
1: Now, a lot of people have said, well, he's going to go, he'll move from Spotify to another one of the platforms. Someone has already offered him 100 million dollars yes, Rumble yeah Rumble's offered him 100, 100 million,
0: million over four years
1: but to me, I don't think that's what Joe's about. I think no. Joe's I think at 100 million dollars Joe's got enough money yeah And I, I think he knows that he can't spend
0: that money you got to think too that's hundred million dollars from one job yeah. Joe Rogan is a UFC commentator. Yeah, he's was also he paid there like thirty grand or something? <laughs> fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars an hour. hour yeah, minimum yeah. wage. He'd probably do it for that. He did, actually he did it for free when the UFC was first kicking off. That's okay. one of the things about the legend of Joe Rogan. Yeah, is he originally started doing it for free just because he was showing up at events as a fan back in the day? So,
1: well, okay. So it's funny that you said that because I the reason why I'm such a Rogan fan is not not for the fighting stuff. Mm-hmm. It's for his futuristic view or his futurist view of Mm. the world. I have seen the clip and we've spoken about it on this podcast before Mm -hmm. when he was talking to Tom Green on the Tom Green, on Tom Green's internet show, his first internet show. And Joe's, you could see the the cogs ticking in his brain and that's when he went and started his own and he also went to the lengths of... He, he hardwired the internet to his house mm-hmm. at the time because he could see that this was going to be a thing. Yeah. So with that in mind, he's not a legacy guy. No. Mm-hmm. So he's he's looking at things new ways all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which makes me think once he's done this $100 million contract, he's going to do the next version of it, mm. not a different version of the same thing. Yeah. Which means I think he's going to go decentralised. Yeah. I, I think he'll, he'll realise he doesn't he'll need to deal with the backlash. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about advertisers. He doesn't want to be in a position where someone goes to, not his boss, but there is a guy that holds the strings to Spotify and yeah. therefore Joe's destiny is kind of in someone else's hands. Mm-hmm. I think Joe will go,
0: well,
1: you know, I've got the money in the bank now. Yeah,
0: um,
1: You're never going to spend $100 million. $100 million is going to make you $10 million a year mm-hmm. doing nothing.
0: Yep. And again, that's from one job. Yeah, for one job. Um, you forget the fact his real job is he's a comedian and he still does that too. And he's got Netflix specials and
1: yeah,
0: like we know how much money these guys make out of specials and selling out shows. He was just doing tours with Dave Chappelle last yeah. year. You don't, you don't think he made a quid out of that too? So the dude's got enough money. He's going fine. Yeah.
1: So it's not going to be about money for him, it's going to be about uh, expanding the, the, the Rogan experience. Mm-hmm. And he has very close ties to um, Adam Carey yep. and it would be a massive win for Adam Carey as well. Like, and, and anyone that's on podcasting 2.0, yep. I think that's where he ends up. And that is a good thing. Cause Absolutely. I do, I, a question I've got for you. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a different, a difference in the way that he does podcasts now to the way he used to do it before the Spotify deal?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Especially in the last few weeks. Yeah. Even the fact that, so the, the climate change podcast, where there was one after the other with two people of different yeah. perspectives, that is purely in response to all the criticism he's been receiving yeah. lately. The thing that made Rogan so popular is that he spoke to whoever he wanted about whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. And he had a massive, varied uh, landscape of guests. That he would bring on. And they would talk about anything. And you would you would bring on a specialist in climate studies. And you would talk to them about hunting. Yeah. Or, or you would talk to them about the UFC. A sport. Like it's it was whoever about whatever whenever. That was what made him popular. And now it's like all of a sudden. Oh I've got all this pressure. So now I need to offer a balanced perspective. Which means I have to bring on two people with differing views back to back. I don't like it. Yeah. And... All you're inviting when you do that is negative discussion. I think
1: it's even worse than that. It's just moving the authenticity from... W- yeah. Like, we know that what people actually crave is authenticity. It's not yeah. balance. Yeah. We're actually, like, as, as in the human psyche, we're not after balance. No, no, we're not. We, we, uh, we don't gravitate towards balance. No. But authenticity is something very innate inside us and, and that's something that we feel and that's why you notice the difference. That's why I notice the difference too. Uh, ever since you went to Spotify, there was a different, I felt a different tone yeah. in, in the, the way that that show is.
0: Do you know how you know censorship's bullshit? How? Yeah. We have never received a hard strike from YouTube. And the only reason why we haven't received a hard strike is because we're not big enough. We talk about the exact same subjects as all these guys. So Dan Bongino has just been kicked off of whatever his platform was. Right. And he's just a right-wing pundit. Yeah. And he's been saying a lot of the things that we've been saying as well. Look, I'm sure he's been saying a lot of other stuff about American right-wing politics that we don't really talk about. But the reality is the only reason why we haven't been given a hard strike or kicked off is because we're not big enough. Yeah. So in other words, censorship only matters to these people if you're big enough to have an influence. Yeah. It's not about what's misinformation,
1: what's not well, misinformation. it's probably not even influence or, or size of influence. It's probably down to marketing dollars. If you really think about it, it's not because everyone has an influence. Everyone that has any viewer viewership mm. has a form of influence. Yeah. But it's when there's money tied to it. And there's yeah. no real money tied to ours. Yeah, true. So it's probably advertisers more so. And that's the whole reason why Podcasting 2.0 is that's the right. thing. That's so right. It's why you, you have to it.
0: get away from the advertising model. Yeah. Because... Censorship I'm not buying athletic greens. I don't care who tells so me. Clearly Dave. not. the <laughs> <laughs> got drinking a beer in the morning. In the morning. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually I'm glad you brought that up. So it's currently ten o'clock in the morning and I'm having a beer because this is the last time I'm gonna be able to have breakfast beers for a long, long time. And I'm thinking that from from learning from the experience of having a child last time. What I want to do this time around is I want to really try the absolute best I can to take care of my body during this period of time. So I've just gone from a period of time where I've been doing a lot of manual labor, a lot of work, so I'm quite fit at the moment. You should do a Dexter. Yeah, I absolutely should. Yeah. So I feel pretty good at the moment. I'm obviously going to be spending some time out of doing that, so I'm not going to be as physical. I'll be spending a lot more time at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sleep deprived, which is the big thing that we're not looking forward to. Keep an eye out on that. Yeah, you'll see the bags under my eyes when I yeah. roll in every week. And the raccoon. Yeah. So for this next, at least for the next month or so, I really am going to nail down the diet. I'm not going to drink. Like, I'm going to do all the right things to make this period as healthy as I, as I possibly can be. Because it's tough. Like, the period where you bring home a newborn baby is rough.
1: It is really tough. Justin, you, you you say it to me like you don't think that I have special things that I've brought home. I've just ordered the new Samsung Tab S8 and that will be getting the same level of care that your newborn baby will be getting. This
0: is what I want you to do. As soon as you unbox it at home and you charge it and it's ready to go, I want you to go into the alarms function. Yeah. And I want you to set an alarm that goes off every hour but only during the times when you're supposed to be asleep.
1: No, that sounds crazy. That's what I mean. what I'll, I'll won't be doing that. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> I <I'll> won't <laughs> be doing that. I'll that. be getting my solid 10 hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mate, I don't know what a solid 10 hours is. I haven't had a solid 10
1: hours in two years. It's great. Mm. I, I, can, I can attest to... You know, put, put something in the comments if you get a solid 10 hours as well. Let's <laughs> know <Yeah. laughs> well, how time. much
0: sleep you get. Sleep is super important. And So getting, getting back to uh, the censorship angle. So, like I was saying, censorship's bullshit because we have never been given a strike or censored off YouTube because we don't have advertisers that Mm. invest in in our content. As soon as we get to a level where we do, we will start receiving more pressure, which is why we need to start looking at these other avenues. One thing that I really like about podcasting 2.0, and it's funny how you don't really understand how human behavior gets dictated until it gets forced on you yourself. Mm. I'll give you an example one of the podcasts I listen to a lot is the No Agenda show mm. which is Adam Curry mm. that you were already speaking about and John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry is the one who's been pushing for podcasting 2.0 for a long period of time and building a lot of the infrastructure around it and it was, I think it was last Friday or might have been Monday this week one of the two I went to find their show and I listened to all my podcasts through Apple Podcasts I've got an iPhone yep. and it wasn't there and I was like oh this is strange because normally it's like eight o'clock on a Friday morning or a Monday morning that that podcast is ready to go. And yeah. that's my normal go-to listen at that point. So I went looking for it. I'm like, oh, it's not here. And I remembered listening to the previous episode where Adam Curry was going off because their podcast was on Spotify that they didn't want. And someone had actually uh, pirated the feed into Spotify. Yeah. So he went and canceled it. So I'm like, oh shit, he's made a move now. And he's canceled off all the major platforms. So what did I do? I went and downloaded a Podcasting 2.0 app and I found the No Agenda show. Yeah. And it was on there. And now I listen to all my podcasts through that app. Do you know why it wasn't on Apple? Um, wasn't it some...
1: It, the it, picture, for the album art... ...was right. the wrong size, which means that mm. the index won't pick it up. Yeah. And it automatically just doesn't show it. Yeah. Like That's how dumb it is. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. dumb.
0: Yeah. So, so I went and found a Podcasting 2.0 app... So I could find the show that I wanted to listen to. And just goes to show you, if you value certain content, you will move to find the content wherever it goes. Oh, for sure. And Joe Rogan is the guy who will make that happen.
1: I only have Spotify because of the Rogan show. And I'm not... I am not. Uh, I probably only watch one Rogan a month. Yeah. But that's the only reason why I have that app. Yeah. And it yeah. sucks. Another reason why Spotify sucks. So I've got Google TV, mm-hmm. the latest dongle. Um, it's got everything embedded in all the apps are on it. Yeah. You can't pause Spotify. So if you push back or home, it still displays. You yeah. can't pause it. It's shit. Anyway, yeah. do you know another reason why censorship doesn't work? What? Name a time that it has.
0: Yeah. Name a time in history when censorship's been a good thing. So it's funny that you bring that up because I was just thinking about ideas this morning on uh, before I came up here. And this is why censorship is so important. We, we know that in the last two years in particular that whether it was... Purposely, because there's some great ulterior motive plan, or because they thought they were like white lies for the greater good. Mm. Politicians, health bureaucrats, media personalities have taken liberties with the truth to get a certain result oh, out sure. of people. And I guess the the biggest first indicator of that was in America, where Fauci first came out and said masks don't work right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then a month later came out and said masks do work and everyone needs to wear them. But the only reason why they told everyone that masks don't work is because the healthcare workers needed them and they didn't want there to be a rush on masks.
1: I put my mask on yesterday. I have a cloth mask that lives in my bag. Yeah. And it smells like dog. Yeah. I don't have a dog. <laughs>
0: you are a dog. Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. So that, that right there was one of the first red flags because within a month... We'd already been, well, the American people had already been lied to Mm. as a means to an end. Mm. And it sounds like that end was a noble one. We're trying to protect the healthcare workers who will be protecting us. I get it. But if you were to come out and said this, hey, masks work. We don't have the the supplies available at the moment. We desperately need the healthcare workers to have them. So this is what we're going to do. Can you guys just try to chill, take care of yourself for a month? We're gonna ramp up production, the healthcare workers get all the masks at this point in time, and then you guys can, can use them. But in the meantime, try to stay away that from have people. Worked.
1: That wouldn't have worked. And I can give you an example. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper. <laughs> don't buy toilet paper. You don't need like there's no shortage of it.
0: No, but we Did they are... do they ever come out and say at the yes. beginning, don't buy toilet before the rush was on. The rush already happened and then they said don't buy toilet but paper. It
1: didn't stop. It didn't stop. They had the guy from Drake who told those people to fuck off, yeah, right? true. and it still happens. It still happens now. My my uh, my Aldi has removed it from the shelves. Yeah, you need to ask politely. May I please have some toilet paper? Unbelievable. Just wash your ass in the sand. So, <laughs> so that's why that's why that part doesn't work. But okay. there would have been so other ways look. to do it. You didn't so need what to lie. To
0: is, so what you what you're saying is that
1: censorship is important. We need it. Well, thank, you, <laughs> thank you, China.
0: Yeah, pro censorship, pro vax, pro everything. <laughs> yeah. Pro-mandate, pro-lockdown. I just, I just wrote a quick little list of things of this nature that were things that we were... I'm not going to say lied to. I'm mm. going to say the information was incorrect when it was delivered at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You weren't allowed to, to even broach the idea that the information was incorrect. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, the information is kind of proven to be... I've been proven to be true or we're pretty sure it's true. Sure. So here's just some examples lab leak yep lab leak's obviously the big one where this thing actually came from and you still have so again rogan to his credit or detriment had michael osterholm on recently and michael osterholm was the guy who right from the beginning so he's an epidemiologist right from the beginning he was one of the guys who was pushing the natural origin story push 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 put a lot of stuff out there early on and he's still pushing the same story whether that's propaganda or whether that's just his expertise and what he honestly thinks I don't know. But loudly Leak was one of the first stories that you were not even allowed to consider the idea that it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology that was doing this the coronavirus On lab. back coronaviruses, that EcoHealth Alliance had taken a uh, grant application to DARPA to literally create
1: yeah. COVID-19. You know, I think it's both, right? I think both statements are correct. It was made in the lab and release when the guy went for lunch at the market.
0: <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> even though when they actually traced back, I think the, the people at the market, they couldn't even find positive cases at that time from the market. Well, they've anyway, got immunity to it. Let's go through a few more things. So this is a list of things which the information was incorrect at the time we were told, and you weren't allowed to question it. Mm-hmm. Pfizer vaccine, 95% vaccine efficacy at preventing symptomatic infection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you people talk, still believe that. People still believe that now, even though it's well and like true. A look at the numbers. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the, the vaccines themselves were a two-dose schedule. Everyone was told at the beginning it was two doses, yeah. unless you got J&J, and, J and J, which was one. Yeah. So the two-dose schedule was incorrect. Yeah. So even though when people were digging through, you know, purchase acquisition orders and stuff, and we, like... Our politicians were coming out saying we've ordered 250 million doses for a 25 million population, do the maths, Mm. two-dose schedule. So you couldn't question that at the beginning, and it's proven to be incorrect. Uh, Vaccinated people can't transmit COVID. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a big one. Yeah. If you said, and we got, like, uh, YouTube updated the terms and conditions last year, said if, if you said that vaccinated people could transmit COVID, you'd get booed off the platform. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's one of my personal pet favourites. Anastasia Palaszczuk needed to go to Japan to secure the 2032 Olympic bid. Yeah. We were the only people that were in it. We were the only people who even applied to have that Olympic Games. Yeah. But we were told, and I guess you could refer to that as gaslighting, mm. we were told that she needed to go to Japan that was currently a COVID hotspot so she could secure the Olympic Games. And we couldn't travel at the time. That's right. Uh, vaccine adverse events. You weren't even allowed to admit that people were suffering from adverse events from the vaccine. Have you seen John Campbell's series? Uh, yes. Almost
1: every day, he's got a new, girl, a new person on that's had adverse events yep. and going through the horror stories that, like, besides the adverse event, it's the way that these people are treated after it. That's right. I know three people that have had adverse events in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. They went to hospital. I made the joke to the people on like we've got we've got an internal group chat that yep. we um, have a bit of fun on, and I joked and said these these triple vaccinated people need to leave some space in the hospital beds for us unvaxed people that aren't going to use them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Sounds crazy because it is.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the big key for me is how we're treating people who speak out that they've received an adverse event. They did everything that they were told to do. They did the right thing yeah. in quotation marks. And then you've seen these people being referred to as anti-vaxxers. Yeah. It's like, no, they got it. Yeah, That's like saying, if you bought a, a, a new car and you were driving it and the brakes failed as you were leaving the showroom and it crashed and you came out and you said on the internet, hey, I just had this horrifying accident because the brakes on this particular series of car failed. Oh, you're an anti-car. Yeah. No, the product I bought was faulty. Yeah. And it caused, it caused me damage. Yeah. It's disgusting. But anyway, moving on. The need for vaccine patent protection because other factories don't have the expertise to produce the vaccines. Yeah. You weren't allowed to question that. Yep. And then the next step from that, the COVAX scheme. So if anyone remembers early on, the justification for patent protection on the vaccines was that apparently no other manufacturer in the world could produce these vaccines correctly. And don't worry, though, we're still going to be able to vaccinate the entire planet because of Bill Gates's COVAX scheme, where the rich countries were going to basically pay full recommended retail for the vaccines up front. They would get first access to the two dose schedule or one dose of J&J. And then, once their populations were taken care of, they were going to be purchasing the vaccines at a lower rate, a discounted rate, and donating them to the COVAX scheme, which is going to deliver them to the third world. Interesting fact. Pfizer has only sold 1.3% of its total doses to the COVAX scheme. And Pfizer's obviously the big dog Mm. internationally when it comes to the mRNA vaccines. Mm. Because... Instead of actually selling, instead of following the Kovac scheme as it was outlined, they just realised how much money they could make out of rich Western nations and went straight to booster Yeah, why shops.
1: would you sell them wholesale when you can sell them retail? And you can exactly sell, right. you can, um, you've now got them in this buy loop. Yep. Immunity by
0: subscription. It, exactly right. So, yeah, Kovac uh, scheme, that was a, a lie. And if you question that at the time, mm. because all that COVAX looked... To, to anyone, and the reason why we picked up on this so early, we're in sales. We know how it works. We knew that when Bill Gates was getting interviewed about it, it was a fucking sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'll move on. Uh, vaccine passports would prevent transmission. Yeah, how's that gone? So think about that. Remember when we had no vaccine passports? The way that it was sold, at least in Australia, to the people was that by having these certain venues where you needed a vaccine passport to enter, it would stop transmission. Mm. Uh, transmission higher now or lower? Uh, way, 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 way well, higher. 63 people in Queensland died yesterday? Oh, sorry. It was 37. 37 was the number, the headline number. There's was only eight overnight. There was a backlog of... There, okay. was, there was some... Um, I think it was some people who had died previously who'd then been reclassified as COVID deaths after the fact that they just rolled into the numbers.
1: Oh, so when's that going to get undone? Like it has done in the UK. Yeah, well, no that's luck. coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, just, can I just touch yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. So, what was the what was the UK official UK figure of COVID deaths for the last? So two actual years? deaths from COVID? No, was... not the actual. What was the one? What was the? What was the number before the actual came out? It was like
0: one hundred and eighty odd thousand. Yeah, was the deaths with or from COVID?
1: Yeah, the real numbers once they've sifted through and said the ones that weren't due to other comorbidities.
0: Yeah. seventeen thousand. That's right. In two years. And this is this is the issue well, the population with population eighty
1: million. Yeah, 80 like million that. yeah.
0: This is the issue when you've got people trying to use data to push an agenda. Yeah. Obviously. To get mass compliance, the easiest way to do that is through fear. And they employed that fear to great effect. But when you look at the guidelines that, that governments around the world were using to classify a COVID related death, they were literally saying anyone who died within 28 days of a positive COVID diagnosis was a COVID death. Mm. Think about that. A lot of people recover from COVID within two weeks. Yeah. So if you've tested positive, two weeks later, you're fully recovered. And then you, I don't know, had a stroke and died. You were classified as a COVID death Mm. because it was within 28 days. That was the World Health Organization's guidelines.
1: And we we knew this. We absolutely knew this. And one of the ways that we knew it is, like I've said before... You have a look at what they say on TV. Yep. You try and extrapolate that down to anecdotal evidence of yep. you on the ground and your network. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people do you know? Okay, how many people in your system have died from, from that? Okay, well, I know 100 people. I've got 300 people on my um, Facebook and none of them have. Okay, so that's, yeah. you know, you, you, that is actually a pretty powerful tool to understanding yeah. and and again what's when, real and what's not.
0: When you're trying to use data-driven sales tactics, it's all it's just as much about what they don't tell you as what they do. And look what happened in Victoria last year. When they got to a point when they were getting like 80, 85% uh, double vaxxed rate, all of a sudden, they stopped reporting the vax status of the COVID debts. Yeah. And they literally said in press conferences, look, we've got that data, but we won't be disclosing it. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Yeah. Right? Because it didn't fit the narrative and the sales tools. So uh, next one, Uh, cloth masks and surgical masks are effective at stopping spread. That has been completely disproven. There is much, many scientific papers Mm -hmm. that have come out about this. N95 and KN95 masks are effective if they're fitted properly, which no one's really taught to fit them properly. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that you're supposed to throw these masks out and get a new mask every couple of days with these KN95 masks. The surgical masks and cloth masks do not work. They are just pageantry. Yep. It's theatre, and if you question that, you are an anti vaxxer. COVID doesn't spread when you're sitting down.
1: <laughs> Did they? Now, I'm playing devil's advocate here. They never said that. But, no, but, but it's the implied. rules were Im-
0: implied there. That, That's right. Yeah. So here's, here's, here's how I look at it we were told the things that we were allowed to do and not allowed to do to stop the spread of the disease and things that you weren't allowed to do for example were if you weren't uh, if you weren't vaccinated you weren't allowed to attend certain events you weren't allowed to go into certain businesses you weren't allowed to buy certain products as we've already discussed last week about the alcohol ban in mm-hmm. in western australia so you would assume that if all of these restrictions are put in place to stop the spread then all of the other mitigation strategies are designed to stop the spread as well mm. and for some reason we have thought it makes scientific sense for the last two years to wear a mask that doesn't work into a restaurant and then as soon as you sit down, you can take that mask off and everything is okay. I,
1: it, I, I think it's, this has got some long-lasting effects. Absolutely. And... and Brisbane is a perfect example. Yeah, an extremely compliant city. It's town up here. (laughs) The Gold Coast is not. People walking in thirty-five degree heat Mm. by themselves in the sun down the road, wearing masks, whole families all masked up, walking by themselves. This is this is look to me. It's a massive sign of, like, what are you like? What are you going to fall for next? If you're
0: you're falling for this, what are you going to fall for next? But I, I don't even take it as that. I take it as this is how scared we've made society. Mm-hmm. This is how fearful they are. That there is the absolute suspension of rational thought because they're so scared. You've got people walking down the street, like you said, 35 degree heat outside with no one around them that are wearing masks. Yeah. The thing that really gets me as a parent is when I see kids doing it. Yeah. So I live really close to the two schools in Helensvale and i see kids on their own riding their bikes to school with masks on.
1: Oh, you see it all the time. Yeah, like all it's the, time. the the people mental... in cars by themselves wearing yep. masks.
0: Yeah, the mental effects of this. And again, it's because at the beginning they used fear to sell the narrative. Yeah. And the problem is that it's such a good job of selling it. People are fucking terrified. Yeah. And i don't blame those people for that cuz you can't. The
1: uh, I I think 10% of it is uh, like
0: terrification with children I don't blame children I blame their parents because you you should be well not even smart enough but like I guess it really comes down to what you said what are you going to fall for next yeah what are you going to fall
1: for I think most of it is the herd mentality well everyone's doing it so I should do it and that's why you can see Gold Coast Footloose Fancy Free free. Fancy Free and I always say Panty Free because I think that sounds like more free
0: than Fancy yeah, if you're fancy free, it just sounds like you're not fancy. Yeah, it
1: sounds like you're not having fun. No. But panty free.
0: Yeah, that's fun.
1: Yeah, you can. There is literally a border of where the, there is people having fun and living normal lives, mm. and then having whole families walking by themselves in the sun wearing wearing masks yeah. or so, like.
0: Shout out to the Gold Coast. I went out to uh, the beach on Sunday, and there's like a park and stuff where we go. <laughs> And I there was barely a mask inside. Everyone's yep. just out with their kids, enjoying life, doing the things yep. that you're supposed to do. It actually like it upsets me when I drive to Brisbane to do the podcast. It's a and I just world. see it's a different world. I see masks absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And
1: I had I had I walked past someone when I wasn't wearing a mask, and the mother ushered the kid to walk behind her to block them from me. Yeah, well. And you you think that's gonna do more psychological uh, like what's yep. what's the death what's the case to death rate? Oh, uh,
0: I, honestly, I don't even look at the numbers anymore because what's the point? Well,
1: And it's just been lowered by because New South Wales just came out and said that they're re- reclassifying the yeah. um, the COVID numbers too because they were
0: using that same. Uh, that but, same but it was already zero
1: point zero seven t- or something. Yeah, at so,
0: twenty eight days post positive uh, diagnosis. So now, so now that that's going to drop to like ten percent of that. Yeah, and this this is one of those things that we were talking about last week too. Is The walk back is beginning. So you will see, to try to get themselves out of the mess that they've created, they'll start walking back all the numbers. Oh, it was nowhere near as bad as what we thought it was. Yeah. But the only reason why it wasn't way worse is because we did all these mitigation strategies. I saw Victoria gloating about the modelling. Oh, models... No, uh,
1: was it... Yeah, Victoria says they're going to get 180,000 cases in the next six weeks, modelling shows. Yeah.
0: Well, because yeah, you wrote down 180,000 yeah, against a modelling right. company to say it. Yeah, like, here's, here's a model. Can you do, can you guys tell yeah, us can that you this is model? Can you broadcast this model? How can you guys get to this number? Figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, and we were we were onto it. I, what I
1: would say is I think that we overestimated. So we fell for it a bit too. I think we have overestimated what the real COVID number was compared to what the reality is going to be. Hmm. Even it we, we said that they were massively overestimating mm-hmm. but even what we thought the real figure was is more than what it looks like the real figure's gonna be.
0: hundred percent. Because we were they were anchored so high. Yeah. So even the most unreasonable person, if you're anchored all the way up here, you can't go all the way down to the bottom again. Yeah. You've got to go somewhere between, you know, where they're anchored and where you would assume is a reasonable place. What's it gonna to be? be? It's
1: gonna be a tenth of the number. It'll be a tenth.
0: Probably, yeah. Because, yeah. like, again, I haven't looked them up. I think we're at somewhere like 4,000 deaths with COVID in a two year period from the pandemic. Yeah. And let that sink in again, 150,000 deaths a year in this country from various causes. Mm. 4,000 deaths total in the pandemic. That's 2,000 deaths a year total from the pandemic. And it might be one tenth of that, like you're saying. Yeah. It could be 400 people that actually died from COVID itself.
1: Yeah. And we didn't, we, we haven't, like, people have died. We should do the exercise and find out what's killed 400 people in Australia that's not COVID. Oh, it, you know, it, it'd be like...
0: I wonder what the number toaster. is for snake
1: bites. Yeah, yeah, check what check that, that number is. Have you finished your
0: list? Uh, no, I've got two more things. Yeah, okay. uh, so this is a big one. No federal vaccine mandate policy. That's gaslighting. Yep. We've been told for a year... Since the vaccine rollout happened, that ScoMo says the federal government has a no mandate policy on vaccines. He could have stepped in at any point in time. Which is funny because there's a damn lot of mandates going around. Uh, Yeah. And what people don't understand is the federal government has the power to step in and overrule all these rules. Yeah. He pretends they don't. And maybe he can't see clearly. national cabinet. Yeah.
1: The sales meetings. The sales meetings. And Um, I saw that meme, that funny meme that was like, ScoMo can impose sanctions on Russia over the Ukraine thing, but still has no power over states. Yes.
0: And this whole Russia situation is showing you the hypocrisy of democratic world leaders around the world. Justin Trudeau, Captain Blackface. Fun fact uh, there are nine documented cases of Justin Trudeau wearing blackface. I've got one. (laughs) There are nine. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so he—he's just now Justin Trudeau. Yeah, great, look, great, great news. He's come out and suspended the use of the emergency act today because oh, now, now the protest is over. So the emergency's over now, guys. But what about the banking stuff? Because I
1: heard one of his ministers saying they're going to keep it long term.
0: Well, I'm sure that all this stuff that's already been put in play, they will continue to pursue. Yeah. But the actual emergencies act itself is is over. I do believe that the reason why he's called it off early is because I think he has the power to enact it for seven days, but then it needs to go to a vote. Oh, to, which will get ripped apart. Which will get ripped apart. So instead of it showing that he's got zero support to do this, he just calls it early to to save himself from
1: embarrassment. Do you know why I actually think it's all falling apart? The narrative's falling apart? There's actually one, to me, there's one defining moment that's that's affected everything globally. Right. I would have said at first it's, Boris Johnson likes a drink, likes a party, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, the Queen getting it. The Queen getting COVID and still performing in light duties and then having an interview. She's 95 years old, yeah. right? And, and she's got coronavirus, Yeah. And she's working through it. She's 95 years old. Yeah, she's working
0: through it because did you see the. The ivermectin? Yeah, because she's been given ivermectin. (laughs) (laughs) How was the retraction on that story? So, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I think it was somewhere on Channel 9, it was either the news or 60 Minutes. They did a story on the Queen having COVID and they were saying that they had had this doctor. She went on the Rogan Protocol. Yeah, yeah. But they had this doctor on. They were talking about how she's responding well to these new medications that have been approved for use and blah, 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 blah. And they had this picture up. And on the box, it was fucking Ivermectin, which everyone, all the conspiracy theorists have been talking about for 18 months at least. And apparently they're treating her with that. And then the retraction oh, from Channel 9. it was 9. so funny. It was so Human funny. error. Oh, so, yeah. Strovomov? No, what was the... Uh, it's like Stromectol or... I don't know. I don't know what it was, but... Regardless, it's there's some red pillar that's in the production
1: team at Channel Nine, (laughs) or it is like, let's use this stock image, or she's (laughs) just on ivermectin, or she's on ivermectin and killing it. There, but but it's very hard to justify all these mandates, all these lockdowns, all these things, when the Queen, at 95 years of age, Mm -hmm. is on light duties. Yeah, she's doing more more work than what um what Trudeau did when he got it. He just disappeared.
0: He the didn't queen even at, have it, mate. He didn't have it. The the queen. At he ran and old. hid from truckers. Yeah, he had coward nineteen. Maybe the, he was in plain like sight the whole time, but he was just a black guy. Who's <laughs> 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 just in the back on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I think no. You can't say that because uh, that's, that was African American black. I'm pretty sure when Trudeau's dressed up in blackface, it's actually been in Indian garb.
1: Oh. So I think he's
0: more, yeah, more oh. more black Indian.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: so I, for whatever reason. So the last one that I wanted to bring up, and this is the biggest one, two weeks to flatten the curve. Wow. So tomorrow, tomorrow I'm having my second child of the pandemic. Yeah. My first one was born on Australia Day 2020. And so it's tw- the 26th of... January 2020, for any of our international viewers. And that was when the first case of COVID was at the Gold Coast Hospital. That was two years ago. He just turned two a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's wild. It's fucking wild. And I was listening to something the other day about.
1: We have flattened it though. After two years, we flattened it across the y axis.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it y? Is
0: y up or is x up? I don't know. I'm not an axis uh, scientist. You're an axis of evil. Well, what, what, what else have we flattened during that period of time? Think it look like, look back now. And again, sitting here bitching about last two years is not helpful. Yeah, for sure. What can we learn out of the last two years is what's the most important. And this is what I really, really want to appeal to people who were on the blue pill side of the argument the entire time. I just want you to think about other possibilities. Have an open mind. To me, the biggest difference between being a red pillar and a blue pillar in the last two years is the ability to actually question what you believe and have an open mind. Yeah. That's it. That's the number one learning for me out of this period of time.
1: Well, for me, it's, I go a little bit deeper. And look, maybe because I've got more time to do it than, than most, that kind of helps. But I, the, the opening scene from The Big Short. Yeah. They, these people did more than what anyone else did. Oh no! They did something that no one else did. Yeah. They looked. They looked. Yeah. Now, when we're talking Russia, where's the on-the-ground footage yeah. in the Ukraine of troops coming over? Where's the formation of it? Because we saw it during Crimea. Yeah. I knew about Crimea from a Facebook post. Yeah. You could see the helicopters flying over, and then hours later, it, um, it was there. Yeah. There is none of that. Mm-hmm. Then listen to the words that the reporters say, because this is the trend that you get at the moment. Mm. Uh, the report will go something like, uh, on the escalating tensions on the Ukraine-Russian border, let's cross over to our Washington correspondent to get the Americans' view on what's happening over there. Yeah. Okay, so the story's not that there is a, there is imminent war. Yeah, The story is, what's Washington saying about this? That's right. What what narrative are we trying to paint from Washington? Yeah, they One they of, say it. It's it, it's in plain sight. It's black faced. It's black. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Trudeau faced. Yeah, it's right in front of us. So they can never be held to account because yeah. none of the media's
0: walking back that Josh Hildebrand, who pulled- oh, I I was I forgot to send this through to you. So you you pulled this out uh, the other day. So Josh Hildebrand who had an article up about. Uh, end, of re- end of restrictions exposes senseless COVID scaremongering. Yeah. And this is just the tagline. The hysterical headlines have receded and all the catastrophic predictions were wrong. The results could not be any clearer. And that entire article was about how uh, the media has and the government have sensationalized this and they've caused all this damage and it's disgusting and it never should have happened. So a mate of mine posted this up because he actually took a screenshot of that and juxtaposed it against... So that, sorry, this article that he put up was from the 19th of February, 2022. Mm -hmm. So he juxtaposed this against an article that Joe Hildebrand had put up on the 7th of August, 2021. Here's a headline for you. Joe Hildebrand, people who refuse to get vaccinated are no longer decent members of society... Any eligible Aussie who hasn't gotten the jab at this point is no longer a truly decent member of society, writes Joe Hildebrand. So I lit up when I got sent that article. I'm like, I remember you being
1: on Channel 7 as one of the pundits. Yeah. Absolutely railing. Yeah. You you are the problem. Yeah. And he never took any ownership in that article. He did not take any ownership no, not whatsoever. At all. He's, he's, he's the problem. He's trying to Every, pretend that he was ahead of the curve. Yeah, he's he's flipped the narrative and thinks that none of us will remember. Yeah. I remember.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, we need to not forget yeah. all these people that were involved. Yeah. We need to remember this. We need to remember their names. We need to make sure that none of these people have the power yeah. to either make decisions or influence people at scale yeah. ever again. Yeah. So just to throw it out there, guys, Alex and I took a massive, massive risk at the end of 2020 by speaking out on the podcast about this subject. A massive risk.
1: And we, we had been speaking about it probably six months prior, but yeah. made the decision not to mention anything on here yeah. because we knew how
0: taboo it was. Yeah. The number, like, to to bring you right back to the beginning of the pandemic, the number one red flag for me that really set me off being the father of a newborn baby was when during the beginning of the pandemic, Anastasia Palaszczuk still made us go in person to the polls to vote her back in. That was the number one thing that I thought was completely irresponsible.
1: Well, the number one thing for me was case numbers. Looking, yep. looking at case numbers and then bringing in um, a a drug that didn't reduce case numbers—that to me was like okay, those yep. two things. But don't that mesh. was
0: way later. Oh, that's true. So yeah, that's that true. so that think thing that was like March twenty twenty. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're the, right. You're right. We weren't
0: talking about drugs as in relation to case numbers until yep. December, right? Yeah. So that was the first massive red flag for me. The second one was when we started talking that vaccination was going to be the solution. Mm-hmm instead of treatment when tens of millions of people worldwide had already been infected. Yep. So those were the red flags being right back at the beginning. Which is why we started having these conversations. We we're like, hey, this doesn't add up, this doesn't make yeah. sense. What the fuck is going on? So we took a massive risk. We 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 tried we, we did what many other people did during the pandemic. We started a podcast because you couldn't really do a whole lot of yeah. other stuff, right? Many podcasts began during the pandemic. And Throughout that time, we we made the decision where we said, you know what, we know that the views that we are going to express are going to be extremely unpopular, at least at the beginning, but we want to have the integrity to go, this is our podcast, we are genuine, we are authentic, we are not tied to advertising revenue, we never want to be tied to advertising revenue, hey look, if YouTube chooses to monetize our content and pays us some money for it, go for it, that's great. Mm -hmm. If they come to us and go, hey, you can't talk about the subject because we're going to demonetize this video, guess what? I don't give yeah. a fuck if we make money out of that video yeah. or not. I don't care. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the like you were saying before about Rogan, the only reason why Rogan is popular is because he's authentic. Yeah. And he speaks his truth. And guess what? Do you know what the real truth is? We don't get it right every time. Yeah. We've made mistakes during the pandemic, just as everyone else
1: Not does. as many as the government.
0: Not as many as the government. Yeah. And the reality of the situation is the only way for us as a society to move forward and actually move past and learn from this experience is to have these real conversations about it. Mm. And we put our nuts on the line. It would be 18 months ago now.
1: Well, we had pushback from family. We had pushback from friends. saying that we shouldn't We shouldn't say what we're saying. It caused
0: massive issues in family life with friendship circles. Mm. There are friends who don't talk to me now that did talk mm. to me 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Because of certain views, and again, I don't. It's hard to, it's hard... it's a hard balance to blame them for having that response when you just when not... we understand the sheer psychological juggernaut that was targeting these people during that period of time and forcing them to think in a certain way yep. and poisoning them against us. Yep. So and it's literally hard...
1: building a framework where you can't exist. You know, we still can't go to a pub.
0: Yeah, yeah. so in Queensland, unvaccinated people, you're still not allowed to go into a pub, you're still not allowed to sit down at a restaurant, yeah. you're still not allowed to sit down at a cafe. Yeah,
1: even though all this has changed and everyone yeah. else said, we're not, we're not, we're still and, in that. And
0: look around the world. So today, Thursday, the UK, all COVID restrictions, gone. Yep. Everything gone, including vaccine passports, all of it gone. Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, she's even, so she's one of the, she's like Justin Trudeau. Yeah. They're made for each other, those two. Yeah. She's even making comments about the fact that vaccine passports were always going to be temporary. Yeah. So she's walking it back now. That's huge. To, to give New, uh, the New Zealand police credit, the... New Zealand police commissioner was questioned about why they haven't gone and busted up the protests like they did in Canada and all over the world, and he said the rule of law in New Zealand protects people's peaceful right to protest. They're peacefully protesting, we're leaving them alone.
1: Perfect. Shout
0: out to the New Zealand cops, well done. But you're seeing this narrative being walked back all over the world now. It's it's really hard to blame the people who got who got tricked. And, again, I, like... It's
1: beyond tricked. Even, it's coerced.
0: Yeah. But even telling people that they got tricked, I even feel guilty about. Because mm. it's like... It's like you're saying it was their fault, but it's not their fault. Yeah. It's the ecosystem that was built to get that result, is that's their yeah, yeah, fault, sure, for sure. and that's who we can't forget. Yeah. We need to remember the people that built this ecosystem and propagated it and forced it down everyone's throat day in, day out.
1: And benefited personally from it.
0: Absolutely. And these fucking the cost politicians of of who stood up in front of their people, day in doing these daily press conferences with the COVID death number on the corner of the screen, yep. telling everyone how scared to be, but don't worry, we got all the answers. We'll protect you. These are the people that you can't forget.
1: Yep, vote them all out. Every single one of them.
0: I saw a really... So there's a few things that I pay attention to. So you pay attention to the markets. Mm. I pay attention to betting markets. Yep. Because they're usually pretty accurate as well. Yeah, yeah, And what I found interesting the other day, I was having a look through sports bet, and you can bet on the federal election, so if I just I'll just going to scroll down to it now. So you can see sort of what the general now look, with 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 sports betting, generally they'll put odds out there that is inclined it's designed to get people to start putting money down at the beginning. But Labour's a dollar thirty eight favourite to win the next federal election. Okay. And the coalition is two dollars ninety five. Any other party supplying the prime minister is paying forty one bucks. Okay. One thing we need to throw out there, just because ScoMo has been completely incompetent, inept, and potentially in on the scam. Not potentially. He's I mean, in on the scam. Yeah. Like I said, National Cabinet sales meetings. Yep. Just voting him out and voting in Albanese and Labor is not the answer. Yep.
1: They remained extremely quiet throughout this whole thing. Yep. I hold them... Um, uh, that they're that just as accountable to. that's yep. right
0: if they, if Albanese were standing up in parliament every single day going you're saying that there's no federal vaccine mandate policy and let, and yet you're letting the states run the show and impose this on the Australian people mm-hmm. fix it then you'd give them credit yep. but he didn't do that nope. the yep. only person who did that at a federal level was Craig Kelly Yep. and Craig Kelly had to leave the Liberal Party because of his views yep the dude had integrity. And you can say whatever you want. And I've already heard the smear campaigns around the, Palmer, uh, the United Australia Party. Oh, it's funded by Clive Palmer. Oh, have you heard how much money Clive Palmer spent on this campaign? He's just in it for himself. Guess what? They're all in it for themselves. Yeah. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, the biggest benefit of a Clive Palmer funded political campaign is you know exactly whose interests yeah. they they have at heart. So when, let's say, 41 to, to 1 chance that Craig Kelly becomes a Prime Minister of Australia, if he all of a sudden starts going, oh, we're going to cut all these mining taxes and we're going to make it easy for mining companies to get new contracts and, oh yeah, we're going to open up this area that was National Park to do mining, we'll know why he's doing it. Yeah. The problem is, none of us know why the Liberal Party for the last two years has made the decisions they've made. Where did that money come from? Because I can tell you right now, if you would have gone back before the fear campaign went into full swing, if you would go back to mid 2020 and ask the Australian people, Hey, we're going to have vaccines coming out. Do you think we should mandate them for everyone? Do you think that we should be locking people out of society that, don't, that choose not to take them? It is experimental. We don't know any of the safety data. Mm. We don't know any long-term shit. Do you think we should do that stuff? What do you think the Australian people would have said? No. Yeah. Fuck no. Yep. I don't trust politicians. Yeah. No one used to trust politicians before 2020. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do it that way. They did it after the fact. And the reality is, we don't know who was funding these decisions, who was putting firm hands on ScoMo's shoulders going, hey, mate, you need to do this. We don't know how much of this stuff was involved in the dealings with the AUKUS alliance. Like, when Australia signed that submarine deal with America and the UK to get the nuclear subs from America and we fucked over our deal that we had with France, who knows what what other... uh, Terms and conditions were stipulated in that deal about being on the same side with with this rollout. Who knows? Yeah. The other thing, look at all of these commercial in in confidence contracts. So the big one I want to bring up is the Wellcamp facility in Queensland. Yeah. It's open. It's been built. Just as we're rolling back. Yeah. I flagged this late last year. Yeah. Taxpayers have funded this in a commercial-in-confidence deal. We have no idea how much it's cost the Queensland taxpayer. No idea. That money was paid to a company that, after building it, now is leasing it back to the Queensland government for twelve months, and after which they take full ownership of that facility. Yeah, sweet deal. Guess what? There's no one in it. Mm. We're not doing quarantine anymore. Mm.
1: And as we said, I thought they- we are for international. I thought un- no. I thought I thought unvaccinated Australians coming back to Australia would use it?
0: I don't know. I, I don't think there's anyone in there.
1: No, not now, but I think that's what that was the intention. Oh, yeah, that was the
0: intention. But again, think about this. We were targeting a 95 or 90% double vax rate by December last year. Mm. We knew this facility wasn't going to be open until the beginning of 2022. Yeah. So that's what we said didn't make sense. We are like, you're saying at 90% or it was 80% before that... But then they pushed up. You were saying at 90%, double backs, no one needs to quarantine. That was the carrot. Yeah. But you're also building a quarantine facility that is only going to be open after we hit that milestone.
1: That you project it, and you could have projected it at any time frame you wanted, but yep. even at the unrealistic time frame when it was going to be complete, it, it made no sense. It didn't work. That's right. It, yeah. it made no sense.
0: And now, again, so Yvette Darth got asked about this the other day, and she literally, like the arrogance of these people, she literally was like, it's none of your business. You don't need to know that. Yeah. When just asked how much Queensland taxpayer money got funneled into this project that we will get zero benefit out of. Yep. And also considering the fact we never built a hospital during a fucking pandemic.
1: No, we just fired nurses.
0: No, we just, yeah, we just fired healthcare workers. So don't forget this stuff. And this is... T- Vote them out. Yep.
1: Um, stop watching any corporate media. Mm-hmm. Get off it. Yeah. Find independence. Support them. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, find uh, and look deeper. That, that's that's the big the big tip.
0: It's have an open mind that there might be something else going on. Mm. And and the number one thing that I think is probably the easiest thing for people to try to look for in any story is financial incentives because money makes the world go round. Hundred percent. And it surprises me how many people don't realize that money makes the world go round. Who who financially benefits from this decision that's being made? Mm. So Pfizer, last year alone, made $40 billion profit after paying $70 billion in dividends to their shareholders. Yep. It's a lot of money. They didn't do all
1: research that they didn't fund.
0: Publicly funded research to create mRNA. Yeah. So there's obviously a massive financial incentive for Pfizer to keep this thing rolling as long as they mm. possibly can. And again, that's another example of a government commercial incompetence deal that we, the taxpayer, will never get to see. Yep. The federal government signed a deal with Pfizer. We're not allowed to see it. We'll never be allowed to see it. Then that brings you to the FDA in America. Because remember, the FDA was asked to release the documents that they used to approve Pfizer's vaccines in 108 days. And the FDA requested 55 years to be able to release that data. Yeah.
1: Where you could just go um, click, drag, drop, send,
0: Mm -hmm. or print, deliver. Mm -hmm. Here's another interesting story out of the FDA uh, that came up over the last week. Oh, sorry, it was the CDC. The CDC is refusing to publish data it has collected on booster effectiveness for 33 million Americans aged 18 to 49 over fears that it might show the vaccines as ineffective. FDA expert tells CDC to tell the truth. So, to give you the very long story short on this one, this is what happened. The CDC came out in America and said the studies are showing that boosters are highly effective for everyone mm-hmm. over the age of 18. And they were promoting boosters for everyone. And then when the booster program rolled out, they were collecting data on everything. Mm-hmm. And, and again, as you fucking should, yeah. right? And they when you're had, doing an
1: experiment, that's what you do. That's
0: it's exactly right. It is an experiment. So they had collected all this data on, and they'd stratified it by age, sex, ethnicity, other health factors, all of it. And then when the, the booster program was out there, they were still out in the media all the time saying, safe and effective, safe and effective, everyone needs a booster, it brings your antibody levels up, blah, 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 pushing the booster program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for the fact that they're not releasing the data for 18 to 49-year-olds. Kind of a large cohort of people.
1: It's the largest cohort. That's right. Yep, And it's the one that we all knew was unaffected mm -hmm. by the disease and most affected by adverse events.
0: That's right. And what is interesting is there was press conferences that they were doing where they were specifically talking about the effectiveness of the booster in people below the age of 65. Yeah. Because they knew the majority of people thought that only old people should get boosters or immune compromised. Yep. So anyone under 65 was like, I'm not old, so I don't need a booster. So they put all these studies out going, oh, all well, studies showing huge efficacy in people under the age of 65. What they didn't tell people, well, that was removing the data of people aged 18 to 49. So they were only using the data between 64 and 50. Yeah. In that particular study. What's the real data? And again... That's a large cohort, 18 to 49, right? So if you could get those people to take two, three more shots, it's probably a lot of money, right?
1: And all in the meantime, the TGA just approved Moderna for six-year-olds. <sighs>
0: it's insane. Absolutely
1: insane. Wait, uh, oh, I need to wrap. I need yeah, to make go. some money. I've got some things on the game. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. All right,
0: let's leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Again, stay alert.
1: But have an arms. open mind.
0: Look for financial incentives. Ask yourself... Out of this decision that's being made, or I'm being told to do a certain behaviour, does anyone financially benefit mm. from this? Just try to find out it is. If you read an article that has a certain perspective, who's, who wrote the article, which organisation do they work for, is it sponsored by anyone? Yeah. Did you actually have to write it down at the bottom now? Is it sponsored by the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative? Is it sponsored by um, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which is one of the Johnsons from Johnson & Johnson? Are there financial incentives involved? Look for those, because generally, if you follow the money, you'll find the truth. See you next RDA.